But I have a New Year's resolution for you. I'd like to encourage you to try this one. I think you can do it. And it is to read six books, maybe seven if you have time. All right? Six books, maybe seven. The first four books, you've probably already read them before. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The four stories of the life of Jesus. And when you finish reading the four Gospels, they call them, read them again. And then when you finish reading them again, read them again. Because for the next year and a half, we're going to be in those four Gospels, which is going to be a lot of fun. It's called the Harmony of the Gospels, and I'm going to preach through them uh, chronologically. We're going to go through them. The first, um, the first uh, year, in 20, this year, 2021, we're going to be looking at just the three years of his ministry, and then the second half, or the, I should say the first half of 2022, we're actually going to look at just that one week of his life, because a lot of the Gospels is about that one week of his life. The first year, 27 AD, it's his, his uh, preparation, really, kind of the rise up until the point at which year 28 AD, he was popular, very popular, very famous, and then in 29 AD, it was kind of his positioning for his, his death, and so his, his downfall, if you will, and then his passing. Now, I'm doing this for a reason, um, because I believe that in his humanity, Jesus pleased God. Just think about that. In his humanity, Jesus pleased God. So if we follow that example, won't we also please God? So you can bring back those WWJD bracelets you used to have. All right? What would Jesus do if you didn't ever wear a WWJD bracelet? All right, those are going to be popular again. I'm going to make them popular again. Maybe we'll even buy some for you. But uh, that's the goal here. We want to know what Jesus did, and we want to live the way he lived because he pleased God in his humanity. Four Gospels, chronological harmony, and I'm going to cover some topics, specific topics, that according to the surveys that you guys filled out, um, there's some important ones in there that you were interested in. And there's one in particular, one topic in particular, that was the highest vote-getter, if you will. All right? And it's the title for the message today, God's Plan for Your Life. How many of you would like to know God's plan for your life? Amen. That's right. A lot of hands are up. <laughs> of course you want to know God's plan for your life. And if you didn't raise your hand, well, you probably never did in school either. So <laughs> I forgive you. Some of you, though, you might think there's always a few. You don't really care what God's plan is for your life. You have, it's your life. You're going to live the way you want to live. Honestly, I understand that. I've been there. I've done that. But my question for you today is, how's that working out for you? You know, I mean, seriously, when you're alone by yourself, are you really finding joy in life by living your own way and ignoring God's plan? What happens to those that ignore God's plan or miss God's plan for your life. We were on our way back from Florida, as Jeff shared, and uh, we were in the Tampa airport, and we were um, uh, looking for our um, gate and where to go to, and we, we, uh, we got in, we checked our bag, and, and we got to the point where we had this, um, on our ticket, said we have to go to gate E, uh, I don't know, 27 or something like that, whatever it was. But it was Concourse E. And so I remember looking around, like we were kind of in the central, air, central part of the airport, and looking around and I see like these big openings, E, you know, F and G, right? And I see all these letters. And I said, okay, E, that's where we go. So we go in there and the way it works is you, you walk in there and there's immediately get on a train. 
and you get on the train, and the train takes you out to basically the, the little hub out there, and, and then you got to go through security. Now, when you get in line for security at the airport, all right, this is what I call the pressure cooker, all right? If you've ever done it, it doesn't take very long, but this is where my wife begins to sweat profusely, all right? Um, we've, we've all kind of been there, I think, before where, where the pressure's on and we just start, you know, we get flush and hot and you get in line, right? And then you get up to that point where you got to go through the metal detectors, you know, and then you got to take off your shoes and you got to put your computer out there and your phone in the basket and the kids got their stuff and, you know, it's a family of four for us and we're, we're putting it all out there and then it goes through and then we walk through the metal detector just praying to God nothing goes off, right? I got a screw in my foot. It's never gone off yet. I'm just hoping it doesn't go off. And we get through the metal detector and then it's like rush, rush, rush because there's people in front of you, people behind you. And you got to put it all back and everybody's in your way. And by then I'm taking off my shirt because, you know, I'm sweating. I had my LOP t-shirt on though, so I was looking cool. All right. And uh, you get through it all, and then, you know, you kind of breathe the sigh of relief, right? But then, as I was walking, as we were taking a few steps, and we were looking for the number now of where we were at, because we were in E, I just had this thought, what if we were in the wrong letter? <laughs> We'd have to get back on that train, go back to the central hub, right? Get on the other train, go through that whole pressure cooker thing again, I mean, that would have been a total nightmare, right? So I looked at my thing and I thought, wow, yeah, we're in the right place, thank God. But imagine going through life, which is often like a pressure cooker, isn't it? And you're going through life and you get to where you think you want to go. And you realize, man, I'm in the wrong place. Then you got to go back. And you can't go back in time. I don't care what Cher's saying. <laughs> you can't turn back time. <laughs> so now you're stuck, right? And what kind of uh, blessings did you miss out on that God had planned for you? What kind of sadness, perhaps, or, or pain did you bring into your life or maybe your family's lives because you missed God's plan for your life? So I don't want you to do that. So here's the deal. I'm going to tell you today how you can know God's plan for your life. God has, I believe, a basic plan for all Christians, and he has a specific plan for you. And I really believe that. And I believe that you can determine God's specific plan for your life. And I'm going to show you how to do that today. I'm going to explain that to you. And I know that's exciting for many. I'm going to tell you right up front, though, it doesn't involve a neon sign. All right, I think I got a picture here of a neon sign I can throw on the screen here. We want that sometimes in our life, don't we? You know, just tell me where to go, God. Just tell me where to walk, right? Or, or we would love to hear, you know, go this way, right? <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Anthony Nichols is a better God than I am, all right? Go back to the play, all right? I'm not very good at it, but when you ask God, you know, do I take this job? Do I buy this house? Do I marry this person? Do I date this person? You know, do, do I move here? Do I wear this outfit? Do I go there or eat this for dinner? These are important decisions we make in life. Those last two in particular, I mean, you get the wrong outfit, it destroys the bedroom, right? You don't, can't decide what's for dinner, 
It tests the marriage. All right? Maybe I'm only talking about my marriage in my house, but maybe not. I don't know. But I really want you to know how to find God's plan for your life today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, 10 years from now. And I believe the answer is in the Word of God. It's better than horoscopes. It's better than fortune cookies. Okay? There is a way to know God's plan for your life. How do I know God's plan for my life? I've asked that question many times. God, do you want me to do this? Do you want me to go here? Do you want me to do that? How do I know? The answer is Jesus. Jesus is always the answer. I used to joke with my math students in high school. Never leave a question blank, guys. Give them a question, you know, 10-question quiz, math problems. Don't leave anything blank. But I don't know. Just, just try. If you don't know anything, if you can't figure anything out, at least write down Jesus. He's always the answer. Some would do it, all right? And I would give them some credit for that because I, you know, was trying to help them out a little bit. But how, how did Jesus know God's plan for his life? Think about that for a minute. Because I know we all assume, or I, I, I think that we all kind of assume that, well, well Jesus is God. I mean, he, he knows God's plan for his life because he's God. But you've got to understand something about Jesus when he came to earth. He laid aside some things. He laid aside some things. He's still divine, still divinity, still God, but he's also fully human. So how did he know God's plan for his life? And I think this is really important because he didn't know all the details. He knew the basic plan. Like, he knew what he was supposed to do. He was supposed to come. He was supposed to die for our sins. But he didn't know all the details. He couldn't. Life's always changing. How do you know all the details? People have free will. And that's important for us. That's important for you to know. Because in his humanity, Jesus learned how to discover God's plan for his life. And he learned it the same way that we can learn it. He, he, he understood, I don't want to even call it a secret, it's not a secret. I'm going to make it plain to you. Okay? How do you know God's plan? The same way Jesus understood his plan. But I'm going to be straight with you up front. God's plan isn't always to make your dreams come true. Okay? I know there's some scriptures out there that are really popular with Christians. First one is Jeremiah 29.11. I put that one on the screen for you. How many of you know Jeremiah 29.11? And you like that verse, and I'm not telling you not to like that verse. Okay? I'm bringing it to light because many people look at this verse and think and assume that God always has this, this beautiful plan for us. And he does, but that plan okay, doesn't uh, always neglect some problems, some suffering even as we go through life. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. The other verse that I think is important that um, many preachers like to preach from is John 10, 10, where he says, I have come to give you life abundantly. And then they go on to talk about health, wealth, and prosperity, right? But is it always God's plan for you to get exactly what you want? Now, we know as parents... Sometimes we don't give our kids something, which we wouldn't even mind giving it to them, but we just do it because we just don't want to think that the answer is always yes. <laughs> Am I right? I mean, sometimes they need to hear no, and they, 
don't need to hear an explanation. They just need to hear no, and that's good enough. Am I the only parent here? It just came up last night in my, in my house. Why? I don't want to explain why. The answer is no. But look at God's plan for his own son, Jesus. Just think about this for a minute. This was God's plan for his only son, Jesus. You're going to be born into a poor family. Not a wealthy one, a poor one. You're going to come from a crummy little town. You're going to never get married. You're going to work as a carpenter till you're 30, and then you're going to travel around for just three and a half years doing some good things, but many of those nights you're going to be in the cold because you're homeless. Your, your crew is going to be 12 young, inexperienced, uneducated guys. They're going to test your patience to the max. And your fame is going to be short-lived, last about a year. And they'll try to make you king, but you're going to walk the other way towards death. And not just any death, you're going to walk towards a humiliating death called crucifixion. And then when you die, it'll be a public spectacle, and most of those people that said they were your followers are going to scatter. That's God's plan for his son, Jesus. Anyone want to sign up for that plan? No. But what if God's plan is for you to suffer a little bit? What if it's to, for you to walk through the valley of the shadow of death? What are you going to do about it? I know what Jesus did. At his darkest hour, Jesus prayed, Not my will, Father but your will be done. See, sometimes God's plan for your life isn't your dream come true. And I just want to be upfront about that, and I just want to let you know that, because I think there's too many Christians out there that think, oh man, God just wants the best for me. Yeah, he does, but sometimes to get the best, you got to go through the worst. It's the way life works. It's the plan. What if I told you last year, January 1, 2020, this is going to be a terrible year for your life. Don't even buy a calendar. <laughs> it doesn't even, it's not even going to matter. Well, hindsight's 2020. I can say it now. I had to do it. Hindsight's 2020. 2020 might have been terrible. 2021 might even be worse. But is that the end of the story that God has for you? No. What happened after Jesus died? Three days later, he was resurrected. Death lost its sting forever, and we are promised to be resurrected as well. That's a great end to the story. God always has a plan, and we need to understand that. Now, sometimes you're going to be in the midst of what seems to be a dark hour. You're, you're not seeing God's plan. Maybe you're losing patience. Maybe you're getting really frustrated. Maybe you're right there right now. Maybe you're just frustrated with life right now. What can you do about it? I want to give you hope. I want to help you um, right now because I know a lot of people, um, you know, we're fortunate. We got out of the coldness. We got into some warm weather, and we feel refreshed, and we're ready to start the year. But I know a lot of people that are feeling really blue right now, really down, really down and out. Different, different things happening in life. The weather's changing, all of that. What can you do when maybe you're struggling to know God's plan for your life? I can tell you right now and give you a little bit of hope here. You can follow his basic plan. I call this the basic plan because it's pretty clear in the word of God what God wants you to do on a daily basis. 
on a daily basis. It's no mystery. God has always had the same plan from the Old Testament to the New Testament. I bring up Old Testament prophet Micah. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Love this verse. Something that you should have in your Bible underlined. If you ever want to know what's God's plan for your life, his basic plan for your life, look what he says. He has told you, O man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? Do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. Walk humbly with your God. Every day. Just walk with God. That's what Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden, didn't they? They walked with God. Just walk with him on a daily basis, humbly. That happened in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, Paul the Apostle writes in Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand so that you can walk in them. Yep, God's got something planned for you to do tomorrow. Today, a good work so that you can walk in it. Do it. Walk in it. Do the good work. Walk with him. I mean, how many different ways can we say it? We, we, there's all kinds of scripture. We, we like to summarize it. Love God. Love your neighbor as yourself. Know him. Make him known. Peter said, grow in grace and in knowledge. The Westminster Catechism says, the chief end of man is to glorify God. Glorify God. That's it. Two words. So if you're struggling right now, if you kind of don't know what God's plan is for your life, maybe you got off track, maybe you hit a wall, maybe you're banging your head against the wall. I don't know where you're at. But I'm telling you, what you can do right now is follow the basic plan. Walk with God. Just walk with him. It's the best thing you can do. I coach basketball all the time, and I have a lot of players who love to shoot three-pointers. Right? That, that has kind of ruined the game, some of the old folks would say. But they love to shoot three-pointers. My son, the first thing he wants to do is go out and shoot those long three-pointers. But when I'm helping kids shoot baskets, and their shot is way off, ball's going this way, that way, short, long, and they're off, and they're frustrated, and they're struggling, you know what I do? I bring them right in next to the basket, five feet away. Work on your form. What's your form look like? Elbow straight? Follow through, use your legs, and we work five feet away from the basket, all around the basket. And then once we got it down, then we can work back. Let's back up a little bit. Let's back up a little bit. Let's back up a little bit. Don't, don't wreck your form, right? It's the same thing God is saying to you today. Get back to the basics. Walk with me on a daily basis. Then your form will come back, and then you'll be able to Hit those long NBA three-pointers. You'll be able to know those big, big plans that God has for you. Don't ignore it, though. Walk with him daily. Grow in grace and in knowledge. Glorify him in all you do. Then it's going to be easy. You're going to know his specific plan. This is the fun part. Everybody wants to know God's specific plan. Give me the details, God. Lay it out for me, right? And I just got to go back to, you know, when he gave the Israelites manna in the desert, he didn't give them the, the, the amount for a month. He didn't give them a month's supply. All right, guys, it's January 1st. Rain and manna down, collect it, make it last for the month. How much did he give them? Enough for the day, right? Walk with God each day. But listen, Jesus, think about him. How did he know some of these specific details in his life? 
I thought about this a lot. Like, what are the details in his life? How did he know that he was supposed to start his ministry at age 30? I mean, why didn't he start at age 20, 25? Why was it 30? And how did he know to leave Nazareth, go to Capernaum, or travel around Galilee instead of Jerusalem? How did he know who to heal? Right? Who to feed? Who to raise from the dead? How did he know to call those 12 guys? Right? How did he know these things? How did he know it was time to be crucified? Right now, you have a decision to make. Maybe not today, but tomorrow. How are you going to know? Well, this is what Jesus did. He was always in prayer. Look in the Gospel of Luke. We're going to see this. He was always setting himself time to pray. And when he prayed, talked to God, I assume God talked back. I assume he was listening to God. You see, that's the key. If you want to know God's specific plan for your life, you've got to talk to God, and then you've got to listen to God. Talking to God, no problem for Christians. Pray, everybody prays. We can talk to God. But why do we have such a hard time listening? I mean, after all, we've got two ears and only one mouth. Yet it's twice as hard for us to listen to God. Maybe you find that to be true in some relationships as well. No elbows, no elbowing your spouse, all right? But how did Jesus listen to God? How did he hear God's voice? And I know what you're thinking. Well, God must have talked to him audibly. Yeah, that happened a couple times. Baptism, right? The Mount of Transfiguration. But I want to tell you something. I believe Jesus heard God's voice through his word, through the Bible. He knew the word of God, right? How many times when you read the New Testament, when you read the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John this year, right, those four books you're going to read this year over and over again, how many times are you going to read in there where Jesus quotes the Old Testament? He knew the word of God. He knew God's voice. When you pray about something specific that's going on in your life, I believe God's word can be just as specific. I believe it can speak to your situation. I know this because he's done it in my life over and over again. Now you say, how is that possible? How can the word of God that's written thousands of years ago, right? Not even thousands, well, some of it. How can it speak to my exact situation in 2021? How is that possible? Well, the answer is the Holy Spirit. It's real simple, actually. Because the Holy Spirit, right, he who moved the men, moved, they moved the pen, right? I love saying that, right? The Holy Spirit was in men, right, when they wrote the Bible. They were inspired to write what they wrote. And guess who lives in you right now? The Holy Spirit. The same author. So you see, that's how God can speak to your exact situation. When you talk to God and listen to his word. you got to talk to God and listen to his word. Now please, when you read the Bible, listen to his word. Don't use the flip and point method. <laughs> All right? Because if you do that, I mean, just give you a hypothetical example. What if you were looking for a church, trying to find a good family of, of believers, and you're looking for a church, and you flipped it open, and you land on Acts 2.15. 
And you read Acts 2.15 and it said, for these people are not drunk, as you suppose, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. That wouldn't make any sense because we use grape juice in our communion, all right? You need a consistent reading plan. You need a consistent reading plan, all right? I gave you four books you can read, but you can read books. If you were constantly, consistently reading God's Word, I'm telling you, He's going to meet you right where you're at. If you pray, God, I got this big decision in my life, or maybe it's a little decision, and I'd just like to know what to do about it. I got this friction in my relationship. I got this going on at work. I got this going on at school. This is going on here. This, God, show me what to do, and then start reading. I guarantee you, God will speak through that to your situation. But you got to have that consistent reading plan. Whatever you're reading, that's the best part. doesn't matter, because the Holy Spirit is involved in it. Now, how are you going to know you actually got the right answer, right? Like, I mean, you might hear something and be like, how do I know this is correct? Well, the answer simply is peace. You're going to have peace in your heart, right? And you know the difference. You know when you have peace, you know when you don't have peace. But what if you got to make a decision, you got to make it quick, you prayed, you've read, time's running out, <laughs> and you still don't have that peace about it, all right? What do you do then? Right? How many of you have been there before? Right? It's like, i got to make a decision. And uh, God, you're not speaking. I can't hear it. What do I do? All right, well, how many of you have ever walked on thin ice? Okay. I know sometimes when you were a kid, your mother said, you are walking on thin ice, boy. All right? That's not what I'm talking about. Like literally walking on thin ice. All right? You don't run out there if there's thin ice. No, you walk carefully. If you hear a crack, <laughs> you step back. Right? Sometimes you're going to boom, right? Fall through, right? Get a soaker. I hate that. You know, boot fills up with water, you got a soaker. Sometimes life gives you a soaker, all right? But it's way better than just running out there on thin ice and falling all the way through. Am I right? So if you don't get the peace, you need to walk like you're on thin ice. Walk carefully. Keep listening to God. Keep talking to God, all right? Now, I want to finish with this thought here. Jesus called himself the good shepherd. Jesus called us the sheep, which is never a compliment, because sheep are dumb animals. But he called himself the good shepherd for a reason, because sheep only listen to one voice. And that's the key here. We need to listen to his voice, because sometimes we're going to hear another voice, because there's the devil, and he has a loud voice. And he likes to say really one thing, lies. He wants to lie. He wants to, you to doubt yourself. He wants you to give up on yourself. And you've got to learn to distinguish his voice from the good shepherd's voice. And you've got to follow the good shepherd's voice. The more you talk to God and the more you listen to his word, it's easier to distinguish. In a few weeks, we'll be talking about how Jesus was tempted by the devil and how he appropriately used the word of God to push away Satan. When you hear God's voice, you're going to hear his plan. And I'm telling you, his plan is a wonderful plan for your life. My favorite verse in the Bible, Romans 12, 2, Paul sums this up beautifully. He says, don't conform to the pattern of the world, which is what I did for most of my life until I was in my mid-20s, just trying to fit in the world. Don't conform to the pattern of the world. Don't try to fit into the world. 
but be transformed. That's God, what he's going to do to your mind by renewing your mind. That's what you do. You renew your mind. How do you renew your mind? The Word of God. You read the Word. You read the Word. You listen to God through His Word. And then when you do that, you will know His will, His plan. And He calls it a good, pleasing, and perfect plan. Isn't that a wonderful verse? It's the best verse because it talks about the will of God. It's good, pleasing, and perfect. So i got a one-question quiz for you. You can't leave until you answer this quiz question correctly. Sorry, I get into teacher mode sometimes. How do you know God's plan for your life? Talk to God and listen to his word. That's right. How do you know God's plan for your life? How do you know a specific plan? Talk to God, listen to his word. It's going to take a little bit of practice because some of you maybe you don't have a regular habit of doing this. But trust me when I tell you, it works. The band's going to come up for our final song. I want you to think of this one. I want you to think about this one line in the song. It's really important because I think it applies to what we're talking about here. The line in the song is, Give me faith to trust what you say. Give me faith to trust what you say. Because when you talk to God and you listen to his word, it's going to bring you to a crisis of faith. When you talk to God and you listen to his word, you're trying to find out God's plan for your life, it's going to bring you to a crisis of faith. And what's the next step? Obedience. Give me the faith to trust what you say. Just think about that. You may not see it as the most popular way to go, But if it's from God, it's the only way to go. Because his plan is good, pleasing, and perfect. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for this word this morning. Thank you for your plan for all of our lives. I know you're speaking to us all the time. It's just a matter of us listening. So God, I pray that through this message, we will be mindful as we have our quiet times with you in the mornings and evenings or lunch, whenever we get an opportunity that you would protect those times in our lives, that we wouldn't get distracted by the many distractions in life, but that we could just take the time to talk to you and listen, and that we would be on that right path so that we could know how to please you. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who gave us that ultimate way. We can learn from him so much, and we will in this year, 2021. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.